Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You can download any of these fraps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. Why, they're freer than an elbow check from Nancy Pelosi. Did you see this? I mean, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. If this had been a Republican, they'd have been hung out in the streets photo op for a newly elected congresswoman who stole the seat from the Dems, Myra Flores. Well, she had her children there with her at this swearing-in, and of course, Nancy, as the Speaker of the House, was there. And as they're standing on the stage to take pics, and Nancy's standing at the end of the line by the congresswoman's children, she elbows one of the children out of the way. This woman's daughter shoves her with an elbow. It's the elbow heard around the world. Get the apps. I promise we won't shove you out of the way. How's everybody doing today? Yes, I am worked up about that kind of stuff again. If it had been a Republican man, oh man. I mean, really, the double standard is just disgusting. All right, well, we're in a series, not a political podcast, but rather how to receive healing, how to, how to elbow sickness and disease out of your life. Get it out of the picture. Give them the Nancy elbow, if you will. There, sickness and disease is evil, just like her. Did I say that out loud? Nathan's in here with me today. Did I say that out loud? I did. Well, we've looked into so much here already. And again, I want to encourage you, be sure that, uh, that you've listened to the earlier podcasts of this series because they're all building one upon another. So please do that first. Don't just jump into this one. You can come back and listen to it, but you need to listen to the other ones first. But we've been addressing this, the back to basics, if you will, because I know many today, they just don't have any foundation in them when it comes to healing. You know, many have uh, tried things without actually doing things. I know the rise in social media, it's an amazing thing to have, and yet at the same time, the real hindrance, and I believe this, is because now we can watch 15-second clips or a two-minute video of somebody doing something, and the issue is, we don't have any context behind what it is that they're doing. And so now we have a whole group of believers, they're watching these uh, other people, they're healing people, or they're preaching messages about faith, or maybe they're just taking statements from that one minute with no context, and they're going to run with this like it's a, a total, complete biblical doctrine but you don't have any foundation for the context. So, so just, I, I pick on Todd White a lot because I know he really revolutionized, uh, again, you know, videos and following ministers while they're doing things. So Todd White on a one minute video and hey, me too. Well, you didn't see the ministry beforehand to prep the person. You didn't see the discussion. You didn't see the time he spent in prayer and study and the tears and the times that he didn't get results because that doesn't turn into YouTube views. The failures don't go viral. Nobody was seeing what they had to walk through and learn and the words from God, none of that. Just let me see something for 15 seconds and I'm going to go do it. Well, we tend to kind of toss the Bible out the window and we resort to methods based off of a 15 second clip. Well, he did this, I'm going to do that. Now, listen, there's certainly biblical methods involved, but you got to know more. Great, great for instance, uh, Jesus being approached by a couple men who brought a friend to Jesus to be healed. It doesn't say exactly what these men knew about this or how they heard about it, but they, they say, Jesus, lay hands on him. I mean, it actually kind of gives the connotation they were begging, begging Jesus to lay hands on their friends. So, I mean, they were pretty convinced in the idea that this guy can get him healed. 
but lay your hands, they said, on our friends so that he may be healed. And so maybe they had possibly seen a 15-second clip, if you will, or maybe they heard from somebody about the laying on of hands. Maybe they had been there when they saw Jesus do that, no doubt, biblical. But Jesus didn't lay hands on this man, did he? No, he took him out of town. He spit, he made mud, touched his eye, sent him walking all the way across town to a pool to wash, and then you'll see. Well, but but uh, I laid hands on him and nothing happened because Todd, why? Well, I mean, Benny Hinn, he did... What they're doing is not unbiblical. What I'm talking about is when you see something like this and you set out to do it and you didn't get the context, I'm not saying what, you're, what people are trying to do is unbiblical, not at all. But when you don't have a foundation or a context, you can go out and use a biblical method and it's not gonna work and that's the problem that we have. It, that is hurting your faith and it's definitely hurting the faith of the one that's trying to receive the healing. In that point, it does hurt their faith, it does. We get stuck on a singular method possibly because we saw or heard. These men were just convinced because I know I'd seen this once, just lay hands on him. Not not an unbiblical request in any way. Just lay hands on him. Well, they had seen that 15 second clip. So again, that's not what Holy Spirit was doing at that time. So not unbiblical, just situationally incorrect. So this is why we're gonna go back to ABC. I don't want to jump in at LMNOP because there's going to be times that LMNOP, even not, it's not biblically incorrect, it will be situationally incorrect. And plus, you need the foundation to hold on to when things go to hell in a handbasket anyway. You set out to do something and it all blows up in your face. You're going to have to have the ABC foundation to fall back to and say, hold on now, hold on, hold on. This does work. I've got to begin to seek Holy Spirit what LMNOP really is. I've, but the ABC is what's going to hold you on not to give up. I've seen so many healing ministers give up because they'll say to me, I tried this and it didn't happen. I've been praying for people and they're dying anyway. I've set out to do this because I have the desire and I'm, yes, I'm absolutely into it. And I totally believe, well, they're at the LMNOP and they obviously didn't have any ABC because I'll tell you what, I've ran into some situations that are just crap. I mean, Matt and I went out and we prayed, six people that we prayed for in a row all died. Now you want to tell me you don't want to give up after that? We were, we were like, my God, people don't call us, we'll kill them. But we had ABCs in us. We went back, we said, wait a minute, what does the word say though? What does the word say? I know what I've seen, I know what I've heard, I know what I experienced, but at that moment, none of it matters because it's not working in the last six people. We had to go back to the ABC and hold on and say, wait a minute, we're missing something here. We're missing something. We, we're rolling in trying something because we think that we've seen some results and we had. And so far in this uh, series of podcasts, we've looked into knowing and acting on the word of God. It's one thing to know it, guys, but you gotta act upon it. The power of the name of Jesus. I mean, is there still power in the name? prayers for healing, the laying on of hands. And so now we're looking, and we started this last time with faith and power, that un, that unbeatable team, these two ingredients for a miracle. And again, I did a huge series of podcasts on, on this particular um, idea anyway, but, but we're, we have to touch on it here again. And so these two ingredients for a miracle, faith and power. And last time we were together, we talked about the switch of faith. And I kind of want to pick up on that. Uh, because even though we know that um, even through the power of God, we know that it's in manifestation, right? I mean, the faith has to be exercised because it's faith that we know is going to receive and it's going to receive everything from God. And so we can know that there's electricity in the wall, right? We know the power's there. We can know that for sure. But to see it, to benefit from it, to be able to use it, you have to buy faith. You have to hook into it to release it. And that's what we discussed by what we meant by the switch of faith. That's just a term we used to use. We were kind of raised that way under Kenneth Hagin. You know, he used that kind of language a lot, the switch of faith. It made sense to me. 
To release the power that we know is there, we need to flip the switch before we ever saw or felt anything. Just by faith, and then that allows the release of the power that we always knew was there anyway. And so we see in the Bible, a person can receive healing in a number of different ways, and we see many methods, if you will. But when I look at the woman with the issue of blood, and we're just going to go this direction today in the podcast, uh, we know that it was virtue or healing power that went out of Jesus, went into her body, but it wasn't the power alone that did this. There was something else there that day, and Jesus addressed it. It is her faith. And again, looking at healing power like electricity, we know that Jesus had the power, but she had to flip the switch of faith to release that power from within Jesus. Now, all the other people were doing the method, right? All were touching the hem of the garment. All of them were doing the right biblical method that this woman did, but not in faith. So again, more than just a method, faith is a must. The methods alone will not work without faith involved. Woman, thy faith has made thee whole. So it was faith and power coming together that healed the woman. So I can have an outlet in the wall. We understand it, cont it contains electricity. I can plug my cord into that wall. Well, did it release that power? But only as far as the cord will go. Now to see a release of the power in a way that it can manifest, I've got to, by faith, plug into the cord. That's how God works through man. You can have a minister filled with the power of God, and yet if nobody's going to hook up by faith, their great anointing won't do anything. That anointing or power sits inside of them as a cord until you decide, if you will, by faith to flip the switch, or as that woman did, grab the hymn or whatever method that Jesus would lead you to do. And so again, just because the power was present, it does not automatically manifest itself. You cannot keep pinning this on the minister the lack of results, I'm telling you, they're plugged into the power, but they're just a cord. But by faith, if you want to release that through that man or woman of God, you're going to have to plug into what they're doing. Or, or as we would often say, you know, you got to pull on that. You know, that was the idea from that woman with the issue of blood. You got to pull on that anointing. It's, it's, it's on the hearer, if you will. And so, uh, again, it's available at any time that somebody wants to hook up in faith, they can be healed. So it's not a matter of getting power on sight. We have wasted so much time on this. We don't need to ask God to send power. No more than I need to call the electric company today in Studio B to send more electricity than maybe I'll see something. I have more than enough electricity in this building available. Now, so many are going to assume that since the power didn't automatically do something, well, there must not be any power. We are very sense-driven when it comes to this kind of thing because if we can't see it, if we can't touch it, if we can't smell it, if we can't hear it, if the senses haven't picked up on it, then we assume it's just not there. But again, using electricity as our example here again, we have none of those senses available when you go to flip on a light switch. It's only after you flip the switch that we would see or experience in a way that it was manifested. But before that, there is absolutely nothing but faith. We wouldn't walk into a dark room and say, oh, no power, must not be any power here. No, you're going to start by flipping the switch. But again, doing so simply based off faith that when I do, I don't even think about it anymore. I fully expect that the electricity is going to manifest in a way through all the wires and get to the light bulb and release in a way that I need. And so it's having the belief that the power is always present. It starts there. When you walk into that, your home and you flip that switch, you've already settled in you beyond a shadow of a doubt that electricity is available. I mean, you're just not doubting it. You didn't drop to the floor and say, Father God, send me more power. So when I flip this switch, Lord, I mean, now I, there's been times in my life that I didn't have enough money and I had to do that. You know, Father God, please let there still be electricity in this place. But we're far removed from that because we're very blessed here now. But again, so uh, we know that when we pray, okay, let's talk about this one today. When we pray, 
that's a channel, that's an avenue or a cord that power can travel through as well. So I don't wanna just talk about relying on other men and women, what about you now, what about you? This is a channel or an avenue prayer that uh, it's a cord, if you will, power can travel through that. So when you pray, and again, for anything, not just healing, but that's a faith move for sure. Because for one, you're praying to a God that you haven't seen in a place that you haven't been, believing that he's gonna answer according to this book laying here. But we do that based off of faith because faith came by hearing and we believed that God is real. We believe that he does have the power. We believe that he is hearing. We do believe that he will answer. And so we pray and as an example of power, we can cause power to come through prayers. And so knowing that the power is there, that God has the power, and now we wanna get that power ran to our house, let's say, so we would run a cord. We know that there is that finished work of Jesus Christ, and we wanna get the results of that finished work into our lives. We know that we have the wires or the electric lines that run the power to us, but someone had to run those to carry the electricity to your home. Well, so it is with prayer. Prayer is so powerful. James 5, 14 and 16. Is any sick among you? He should call the church elders, the spiritual guides. Wait a minute. Is any sick among you? You ought to post it on Facebook. If I can get enough praying emoji hands and good vibes, thoughts and prayers, it's not what it says. The Bible tells you what you ought to do right here. One example is you should call in the elders of the church, the spiritual guides. Now, listen, if you're going to a church where you can't call in the spiritual guides to pray for you, run. What are you doing there? Run. If they don't believe in healing, if you can't go to your ministers in your church and get hands laid on you, then it's an unbiblical church. Or I suppose James 5, 14 is incorrect. I don't know. You decide. I can tell you you can come to the church at the MHC. We'll help you out. If you live in some other areas, you can get a hold of us and we can tell you where to go. But I can certainly tell you where not to go. Don't go to a church that does not believe in healing. So the prayer, so here it says, when you, when you get a hold of these guys, right? Call in the elders and they should pray over you, anointing you with oil in the Lord's name. Now we'll talk about that. And the prayer that is of faith will save him that is sick and the Lord will restore him. And if you've committed, here's an added bonus. If you committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Oh, so I don't have to clean myself up before I come to God to get, no, you can't, you could never do it anyway. So confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, here we go. Here's our chord. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So this tremendous power is available in the spirit at all times, right? We don't pray and God creates power, no, the prayer is the line that carries the power to us from the power plant. So it says that prayer makes tremendous power available. It didn't say it makes tremendous power. It makes tremendous power available to us. It's the power line. And now here's the other thing. Once we pray, and, and again, uh, let's use an example of healing for somebody. So when we pray and we know the power is here, well, that person will still have to connect by faith. We can run the power to the home. We can have it in the walls. And we as ministers, we can plug into it. But if they don't plug into what you have for them, the power can be sitting right here and nothing. You can't force somebody to plug into this. That's their part. We can stand there with a cord, but they're going to have to plug in to see it manifest in their bodies. So this is an ABC issue for sure. Immaturity, ignorance about this has caused many people to believe that the power wasn't here for them when the reality is it's a faith issue on their part. Jesus addressing that woman with the issue of blood. Uh, and I, I would have to think, I believe he was hoping that those others that day would have learned a lesson. Daughter, I mean, he said it for all to hear. Daughter, thy faith 
has made thee whole. Hello, people, are you hearing me? This woman, daughter, you, you know, I'm Jesus looking at him like, are you picking up what I'm dropping here? <laughs> daughter, thy faith. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Wink, wink, <laughs> her faith, people. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Her faith did this. Yes, he had the power, but she had the faith and the team came together. I, I do love though, however, by the next chapter, that's Mark 5. By Mark 6, I, I love when you read this. By the next chapter, it says that everybody who touched the hymn was made whole. Ah, it appears that somebody learned how to flip a switch of faith and release the power by that point. So again, prayer is, because again, they were all pulling in Mark 5 and only one gets healed. Jesus is like, thy faith, hello, faith, faith, faith. <laughs> people, do you hear that word? But by Mark 6, people understood it and they got it. They're like, wait, we've been pulling, but we ain't been pulling by faith. We've been pulling by hoping and a wishing. Well, you can poop in one hand and wish in the other, and you're going to see which one fills up first. Hello. Welcome to the Ozarks. But that's true. God's power isn't the issue. It's everywhere at all times. We know that. And at any time that we want to, we can tap in by prayer and pull the power down. And that's exciting, my friends. Because that means it can happen in your car. That means it can happen at work. It can happen over the phone, in church, at the store, at the doctor's office, at any time, anywhere. We can tap into this amazing healing power of God by faith. The effectual, fervent prayer of righteous men and women makes tremendous power available. Dynamic. It's explosive and it's working. All right, that's all the time I have for today. We're not done. There's more. Thank you for joining me today. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, get to praying. And you'll be attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous.